0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the
1: bigger picture. And I am director of The Fifth Element, where well, I highlight the fifth element hip hop, which is knowledge. Meet the twins, Charlie and Ben. Welcome to the lion's den. Original skin, many men comprehend. We extend ourselves so you can go out and tell a friend about digging in digits. Nice man, That's good. Oh. That was good. That was MC Charlie. Oh, back in the game. I'm back in the game. No, there's no such thing. He doesn't exist. Just you, just stop that right now.
0: You're in the game. <laughs>
1: he, do, he doesn't exist. I was thinking about parallel to, universe. Parallel universe. I was
0: thinking about how to start this episode. I was like, I wanted to do Ben's friends. The um, the track with future. I went to do the hook. I was going for a walk the other day and I was like planning it in my head and I was like. It's not gonna come out well. I'm I'm just gonna leave it to Charlie. Just, just for, I almost sent you a really crazy voice message like I've got this great idea for an intro, and I thought nah, no, nah, just leave. I'll just leave it out. No, I don't need that. I don't. I don't want. I don't want that yeah. pressure. Yeah. Charlie, there's a lot of pressure on the intro for Charlie. You guys don't know. Charlie gotta gotta work some shit out. Like it's not easy
1: to come up with that.
0: Respect that, man.
1: And you're the guy that said last week that we that like I shouldn't. Big this up as if we try hard. <laughs> this guy's going... Oh, we don't try it hard. It's very hard. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure, <laughs>
0: guys. It's a lot of pressure. It doesn't mean that we spend four hours on it. <laughs> it's like it's like a couple of minutes and then we've got it.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm not writing original material for it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Calm down. Uh, I've, got big, I've got bigger things to do. But uh, anyway, so regardless of that. Hi, Ben. How's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week?
0: Uh, I've had a really rough week, but I did get into quite a bit of music. I'll start with the album that caused all the stir on Twitter the other day, which is Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Now Anthony Fantana was trending number three. Uh in yeah that was great,
1: didn't it? Fucking no. It was
0: wild. Fiona's stands are crazy. I, I they he gave it a seven out of ten. And they were upset at that. So upset that they called him a misogynist and attacked him. And I was like, okay, 7 out of 10? That's, that's you know, it's like me saying a Life of Pablo's is a 7 out of 10 and people just attacking me because they think it's a 10. It's like it's a little bit excessive, but yeah. This is a decent album, man. Like, I read the... I, so, I, I'll speak on that because I've read the criticisms of Fantano's criticisms because that's what it is. It's just his opinion. his subjective. I don't want to... I'm not putting on my Fantano cape right now. I'm not trying to save him, but... I wanted to understand why they were so upset, I can kind of see their point, like, Fantano is not a woman, so he's not going to be able to fully understand those parts of the album that she's singing about, but that's a given, like, that's just a given in life, I'll talk, in in my lighter note, I'm going to discuss something that happened to me last week about To Pimp a Butterfly, it's like, people were criticizing me for liking that album, because I'm not black, it's like, of course I'm not gonna be able to understand those experiences, like that's a that's given. No one assumes you do, do they? I, I don't know, anyway. Um, but Fiona on this album is not only singing about women's issues, she sings about love, meditation, life and death, being bullied, uh, breaking free of convention. I mean, that's what it's called, fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, you know, in like this, the imaginary prisons that she has constructed around herself. She did a whole interview with Vulture explaining the meaning behind every song, which makes the criticisms even more ridiculous in my mind. But the album is really solid. I would give it an 8. I'm not going to go into my comparisons. I told Charlie that I think that she sounds a little bit like Yoko Ono, just a lot more focused. But I don't want to get too deep into that because I think Fiona is quite a unique personality on the microphone she just has this storytelling when she sings i just i conjure images in my head of what she's singing about and that's what a true writer can do that's what you do when you read like really good fiction you you see it play out in your mind and that's what happens when i listen to fiona apple and i just think it's a great album i don't think it's a 10 I think Fiona Apple is the uh, critical equivalent of, uh, sorry, Kanye, Kendrick at the moment, where she could just drop anything and everyone's going to give it a 10. It had 100 on Metacritic a couple of days ago still, so it's not a 10, but it's a very good album. Um, I'll talk about TDE's uh, Fan Appreciation Week, because they dropped five songs now, listen to three of them, Uh, Ab is was my favorite, Uh, the Danger Cooper Waar, oh, uh, freestyle. That was that was fire, man. This this is my favorite drop. He's just spitting some bars over some great production. He sounds like he's really back spinning you know, not stuck. I felt like do do what thou wilt. He was just trying to open his third eye on every song, and I was like, just spit some bars, man. Spit some punchlines, and we got that. uh Second favorite was Reasons might not make it. I. You know, I didn't expect to say that, but this is a great song. Uh, I think this is his like his notorious big dreams record. It's kind of funny, it's witty and engaging. Probably not gonna go back to it a lot, but mm. it was uh, it was an enjoyable listen. And Azir Rashad, why worry? Shout out to Azir Rashad. We speak a little bit on Twitter. He told me this track was from twenty seventeen. It's a Lucy, so it's not a new song. And I was really nervous when I analyzed it because I do actually speak to him. And I was like, oh man, I better get this analysis right. But he uh, he co-signed my analysis. So shout out to Isaiah Rashad. It's a positive song. Has him looking upwards. Less mental health focus. I like the vibe and energy. And I'm excited to see what he comes up with in 2020 when he eventually does drop. He said he's working on it. So that'll be exciting. Uh, ben Beal, Birdland. Uh, 21 years old Ben Beal is. And he genuinely sounds like Mac Miller. But... There's just enough of a difference that the album isn't, like, hampered by that. I can divorce the two. Like, I'm not listening to it and saying, oh, this is Mac. You know, I can't enjoy this. I'm not really sure what his relationship with Mac Miller was. He did a charity benefit in February and donated the proceeds to the Mac Miller Circles Fund, which provides musical opportunities to underprivileged kids in Pittsburgh. So, shout out for that. The album is really good, man. It's a real vibe. Beats have that like downtrodden, sodden feel, and Ben Bill glides over them. When he raps, it's effortless, like on Chirp. When he sings, he kind of falls into the production and swims around in it. It's really nice, and I think that's his deviation from Mac Miller because Mac would always stand out, like his voice would demand your attention, but Ben Bill can let the harmonies and energies exist around him. And I know that sounds kind of spacey to say but it's a spacey album, it's, it's a good vibe. Uh, Wanda, Exit, this is Wanda's first project and she's been around since 2014, she dropped a, uh, sorry 2016, she's dropped a bunch of singles. She's a Nigerian-American Christian rapper, but I did not get heavy Christian vibes off this project. I got powerful, soulful energy. At first I thought I was gonna be comparing her a lot to Chika because she sings and raps, but, and, and just because I've been listening to Chico a lot lately, but she just dives way deeper into the current sound, uh, trap drums, trap flows. She sounds like, a bit like Tink, actually, to be 100% honest, and she just switches up from rapping and singing so easily, and she can sing, like, hit some crazy notes. So that was a great project. Uh, I enjoyed all of those projects. Now we're going to talk about the ones I did not enjoy. Young Boy MBA, 38 Baby 2. I've come into this podcast twice and praised Youngboy NBA for dropping very deep and very heartfelt projects and having unique and very engaging cadence and presence, and you get so much hate online, and I guess I did put my cape on a little bit for Youngboy, because I was like, what is this hate? I don't get it, but this album is a mess, man. This is boring. It's nowhere near as technically proficient as his prior stuff. The beasts do not knock. The one feature is the baby, and it is not redeeming. The lyrics are okay, but for an artist who is genuinely lyrical in a storytelling sense, I get the feeling he's just starting to run out of material and rehash stories and characters that he's already presented and concluded. And that surprised me because I thought I was going to love this project because I think he is he puts out quality but this was just not quality i, I just didn't enjoy it it will still go number one or number two it always does but that was disappointing and finally asher roth flowers on the weekend uh i'm sure our listeners are desperate for my asher roth dig dive you know has he still got the bars has he still got the happy vibes is he still in college well, this is just disappointing. The only decent song is "Sure and Chernobyl, which has the lyrical content I expected and was hoping for from the whole project, not just one song. And on that song, Asheroth speaks on it all, how he feels about the new generation, where he feels he fits into the scene, funny bars, some bragging, some introspection, and the rest of it, I'm gonna put it really simply, it was just lame. Like, the first track things change I thought that was gonna be huge like things change like it's it's a big name for a song like this is a dude who was pretty big a, a while back like what is, what's changed tell us he's like he says I ain't really trying to I ain't trying to get really deep it really be these breasts be really free he opened the album with that I ain't trying to get really deep it really be these breasts be really free. I really feel better. That's how he opens his album. And I was just like, "Oh, bro, how am I going to, because I got a playlist. How am I going to find a song on this album to put on my fucking playlist? If you've started the album there, this is going to be us. It was a hard slog through that album, man. That was disappointing. I can tell why we have not heard anything from Asher Roth in like fucking 12 years. But I don't know that it's been that long. I don't know when he was popular, but, yeah, I would not recommend that album. So that's that's what I got into. What about yourself, Charlie? Hit me up.
1: I've got some heat. Okay, I'm excited for, for this, this man. Uh, you know excited. what? To be honest, this is probably like pound for pound, like the best week so f- like this year, I think. Um, just in terms of me, you know, I'm 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 not I'm, not, I'm just looking through and like. Yeah, that was a good week, that was a good week, but I've got some heat this week, so I'm happy uh-huh. about that. Um, so I'll start off with Kenny Mason's Angelic Hood Rat, which uh, dropped, I think, last week. But ah, I yeah, I listened to, to that too, I um, do that. I only, the only reason I listened to it is because um, Shadow Pigeons and Planes, because they were like, uh, they, they do this... I guess, thing where, like, they post an upcoming ice and it's like, if you like this person and this person and this type of music, then listen to Kenny Mason, and, like, they, they I think they put Kendrick, Isaiah Rashad, and, I think, Beat Switches, something like that, uh, in terms of that, so I was like, okay, then, I'll give it a go, I'll give it a whirl, and, um you know, what? I was, um I'm kind of 50-50 on it, um, in terms of this particular album, Um he he does a very Kendrick thing, which is constantly switch up his vocal inflections. Mm. um, And uh, for for like the, uh, for the, for the story of it, I guess for the narrative. And, um, you know, while I, you know, don't mind that kind of thing, um, it was a bit just erratic, I think in my, in my view. And uh, sound wise, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting as well. Also kind of 50, 50 because, um, yeah, you know, halfway through the album, it just started to get into like some rock territory, and I was just like, "Huh." Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, I think it's something that I I probably should listen to again um, to actually gauge what I'm uh, listening to. But uh, off first listen, it was just <laughs> it was just a, it, it felt a bit erratic to me. But um, I guess uh, uh, I, I guess it's one of those things that you have to you know listen to a couple more times just to uh, you know gauge. But nevertheless, shout out to Kenny Mason, good stuff. Uh, friend of Five E or a major coming through with a little EP. Take cover. Um, the beats here are clued. Uh, just from song to song, like the transitions to them are just absolutely seamless. Um, you know, he he, talk, he talks uh, he does a lot of uh, quarantine talk as well, so you can uh, imagine this been recorded in the past few weeks. Um, and yeah, man, it's just a solid, it's just a solid EP, and there's actually a lot of solid EPs. Uh, so be ready for that. Uh, just to, just a you know um, what's the word. Uh, uh, just a warning. Uh, next up is XV, the boss man. XV coming through with Gods Among Us, the EP again, three tracks. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of uh, Christian uh, imagery here, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, do you to really get that from XV? You know, I've, I've heard it a few times here and there, sprinkled, but not not none not none such as um, this focus. Like a uh, one track's called Lazarus. I, I assume that's not religious at all, as you can imagine, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's something to do with the uh, religion. Just taking a wild guess, and uh, you know, free high and says Baz is on the last track as well, and that's very solid. So yeah, shout out to XV. One day he will notice me. One day, <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, Khan, he's back with another one. Back oh, with another one. Everyone, uh, this trying time to get me uh, collaborating to this, man. with the. Uh...
0: I never. Yeah, it's it's it's, so, it's
1: solid. Um, shout to Flo- him and flow feels. Uh, lost in Translation. Uh, I feel like this is a project where it's, uh, it's very flow feels uh, heavy from a production standpoint, and Demi the Fudge Monk is on a, uh, is on a, is uh, credited on a couple of these tracks as well. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Khan is on in this uh, in this case. While in most projects it's usually just like, you know, him, and it's about the bars, and you know, the, the sound around, and the sound is built around the bars, basically, I feel this is the other way, where Flow Fields has some absolute heat, as it pertains to production on here, um, Khan really just, you know, I wouldn't say take the back seat, but he takes a passenger seat, and uh, you know, he's, he, he just he just jumps in, you know, now and again, but uh, the production on here is just like the highlight for me, real, real MVP work, uh, so shout out to flow and Khan, whiz. Wow. I, I ain't listened to Wiz Khalifa in a minute But, um, but the saga of Wiz Khalifa I thought yes. you know what 420 let's get it um, uh, Did you say yuck
0: oh, I hated it it was so boring I was like come on
1: Wiz what the fuck is this shit man Come on
0: spit some bars what is this? I don't want to hear this shit This is not wow, 420 okay. movie um, I, I didn't enjoy it but anyway that's just me <laughs>
1: Um, well, I'm a bit above, I'm a bit above that. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, you know, don't listen to it. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, what's the word, um, uh, just passing, you know, if you, if you hear it, you hear it, if you don't, you don't, you know, and you're, you're not, your life ain't going to change if you listen to it. Um, for some reason, and I've kind of had an epiphany moment while I was listening to this, I was like, I used to really dislike DJ Mustard Beats um in mm. in the past like 10 years because of that because of that one year where like every fucking hit in hip hop was a mustard beat and i was yeah. just like oh my days it's all the same it's literally the same fucking beat like get this off my get this off out my ears um but now listening to it and um you know for tracks like big bank uh, with yg you know he he's upped his game a bit and um you know i'm i'm starting to appreciate the west coastness of it as well yeah. and uh yeah i think every time he comes on it came onto a come on <laughs> uh pause uh <laughs> a, a, a coasty for track real, <Shit>. I caught myself on that. Um, yeah, every time he uh, every time he hopped on mm. a uh, Wiz Khalifa track on here, uh, it was kind of the highlight, and, uh, you know, I was kind of bumping to it, so I was like, hmm, shout out the Mustard on that. So, uh, yeah, and the rest of it, you know, it was kind of passable. The Meg uh, Meg feature was good, so really enjoyed that. Um, Quavo back and forth was kind of cool. So, yeah, you know, passable, nothing, nothing, you know, mind-blowing, but it's Wiz Khalifa, so if, if you don't know where you're getting, <laughs> then uh, where have you been? Yeah. Um, Shout out to another friend of, friend of 5e, Neek, uh, with his Quez Bar remixes. It's been a year anniversary since his uh, original drop of Quez Bar, and uh, he dropped some solid, solid, solid remixes. Uh, the beats on here are absolutely clean, and his, uh, and his rapping is just top-notch. Um, so shout out to Neek. Uh, uh, I can't can't praise him enough. Hailing from Chicago. Uh, my boy, Terrace Martin, is back with another one, boy. Back over the fucking other one. Oh my days, he's on he's on fire today. Uh well this year anyway. Um he's coming up with another one with Conscious Conversations. Let me just read out this feature list right quick. Let me just pop into Spotify right quick. and Read out this fucking feature list. You've got Rose Gold, you've got Nick Grant, you've got Malaya, you've got Rhapsody and Layla Hathaway on one track, you've got Robert Glasper and Alex Isley on one track. And this is all five songs in 16 minutes. It's absolutely clean. It's so oh, it's so beautiful. so beautiful. Definitely gonna be on my EP list uh, for the end of the year. This is this is a Terrace Martin music I've been wanting. You know the past two projects. You know the the first one was just a bit. It wasn't an album. We we've covered that. The other one was definitely an EP and just a bit more a f- uh, bit more full. This is the meaty one that I wanted. Meat, absolute meat, and it's only five tracks, which uh you know. Obviously I want more. Clearly it sounds like I want more. <laughs> and I'm hungry for that shit. But yeah, as as EPs go, it's solid. Uh smoke desert worldwide mm-hmm. smoke session. I was
0: waiting for this one.
1: <sighs> Yawn. Okay, the, the feelings you had towards Wiz um is the feelings I have towards yeah. this. Is it your? Um I don't I don't understand I didn't understand the, the beat selection yeah, here what was like that? in terms what, what the of the fuck was that just like smoke?
0: Yeah, it wasn't smoke so, either, was it? Like I'm like, what what am I, I listening to? Where where are the where's the grittiness? Like, ah,
1: yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not one of those people that like you know you have to stay in your lane. And I but I'm just gonna speak for Ben, where we're not saying that. But it really was just a, it was a slap it was like a, it was a surprise, but not in a pleasant way. It was just like, okay, this is odd so i'll keep listening but it's really odd and then the features came in and i was just like ugh, ugh, they're just not on not on smoke's level and it's just not it for me so uh yeah it's just unfortunate 44th move have you you haven't heard of the 44th move nobody has because it's actually alphamist my boy's alphamist is back with another one uh with the drummer richard spaven uh with the 44th move ep and this is fire and believe it or not Miss is not the mvp on this um you know he has solid key work on here of course it's Alpha Miss. you know what you're getting but the drums on here by richard spaven absolutely top notch top fucking notch yeah i was i was like sitting in the field listening to this and my fingers were just drumming my phone man it was clean all my days as a jazz as jazz eps go mm. top notch and uh it's two for two on for Alpha Miss in the past two weeks man Definitely on my EP list. I, I, was, I was thinking this past week, I was like, my EP list is going to be way better than my album list. I'm going to have top 20 EPs and then I'm going to have like top five albums because there's just no albums for me that are hitting me. Uh, but EPs, there are so many every week for me. They're just slapping me in the face in a good way. Um, uh, Sky's, speaking of, Sky Zoo and uh, yeah. Dumbo Station, the Bluest Note EP. It's another one um, that's disappointing I, I love this. Okay. I love this. It's wow. it's, it's Blue Note. You know, Blue Note uh, uh, jumping on kind of beats, uh, you know, and we, we've heard we've heard these samples before. Um, and Sky Zoo just floats on them, um, especially the Brooklyn one, like "Where I'm From" something like that. And there's a bracket in between it, but yeah, oh, solid. It's super solid. I love it. Um, it's it's jazz hop. How, and you can't go wrong, and Sky Zoo, can't go wrong. Um, Passport Rev, dual citizenship. Um, I literally clocked this due today, um, and I uh, gave this EP a listen. Um, it's very introspective. Uh, very interesting. Uh, he yeah, he he's he's. I think he hails from. Uh, I think it's New Jersey. Um, he has good cosigns. Um, I can't name the cosigns because I totally forgot. I should probably just look it up right quick. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting EP. Very solid. A very um like life lessons kind of kind of thing. Uh, there's one track here called "Out in Out Riches, Inner Poverty." Um, just in that has a lot of. You know just a lot of uh, uh weight towards it um he's got on co-signs I've got here right so co signs like Sky Zoo black thought Davies uh um, man smoke does to name a few so uh, yeah man he's he's got a good pedigree and um I look forward to listening to him uh, for the future That's a solid DP and uh lastly <sighs> the what, definitely a jazz album that will probably be on my album list I'm not I'm not gonna you know co- confirm it but it's definitely gonna be up there on the long list Tom Mish and youth of days. Uh, what kind of music? Uh, Tom Mish, uh, multi instrumentalist, amazing producer from South London. Was um, worked with the likes of Jordan, Rakay, Loyal Kana. If you if you listen to like any jazz um, or hip hop uh, UK hip hop record, Tom Mish is probably on there in some fashion. And also Yusuf Day's amazing uh, 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 pro- uh, producer, and uh, I think his drummer as well, jazz drummer. This is just absolutely floaty. Um, it's the, the production on here is a one. Like the 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 drum hits, just they just punch your ears in the, just a perfect way every freaking time. It's so perfectly crafted from a production standpoint. You know, lyrically, it's um, it's it's, it's, it's passable. You know, it's this you know, it's just um, floaty, floaty. Uh, I guess uh, inflections and just it's basically just uh to. Uh, to assist the uh, the music that you're hearing, um, which it perfectly does. But the production on here, I, I, I say this clearly, as clear as the fucking music on this album. Like there has not been a better produced uh, album this year. I think like it's so it's so crisp, super crisp. And I shouldn't expect none less by these two, honestly, from a production standpoint. Fire. But anyway, I leave that on a happy note, and we shall hop on to our topic of this episode. Uh, part three of our Outcast retrospective, and it's um, the—I'll <laughs> just give a full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where we're going to go with this. I guess. <laughs> It's just it's, let's just be real there's not much there <laughs> in terms of in terms of actual stuff to listen to as you can imagine but we are going to talk about Andre 3000 in some fashion um but uh, yeah with that said i'm just going to leave it to Ben and just jump right in <laughs> cuz it's just going to be fascinating but i'm sure we'll get our uh, Andre gushing um as uh, most of us like to do out so uh yeah buckle up <laughs> well yeah,
0: I mean the there's there's a little bit to talk about because you know when, when one of the greatest artists of all time just seemingly drops off the face of the map, what there's stuff to talk about, like why, you know, like what what happened? And yeah, I've got I've got a pretty structured show for people, so we'll go through the structure. I'll start with you know, a little bit of background on the hiatus. Uh, it's been a warm hiatus let's say that it's been a hiatus but it's it's not been cold he hasn't left us out in the in the freezing cold which is yeah we've always we've always felt like a guest verse isn't too far away from andre but an album never felt like it was coming you know it just never felt i I don't think anyone at any point really felt yeah i can feel an andre album coming um I've got some statistics. they they come from December 17, 2019. so they're a touch out of date, but they're pretty accurate you know this is since 20, 2006. so they're you know 14 years. He's dropped 39 he's he's performed 39 guest spots for a total of 43 verses, which is 3.3 a year, which isn't that bad. 3.3 a year isn't that low. Just six lead songs. that's 0.46 a year. That's bad. Uh, 1,375 bars, which is 106 a year, which is actually less bars than Little Wayne spat on Funeral, which was his 2019, 2020 album, sorry, and Eminem on Music To Be Murdered By. So those two artists, like, alone, each of them, I think Wayne spat like 1,500 bars on one album, and in, t- in 14 years, we got less bars from one 3000 which is pretty crazy. His production discography was even more barren, three production credits since 2006. They have been, and I I was a little bit uh, interested when I saw the first one, You Ain't No DJ by Big Boy of Sir Lucius Left Foot, um, which is a song that we criticized last week. (laughs) So I was like, oh, shit, my bad. (laughs) Um, He also produced (laughs) Nothing Compares to You by Aretha Franklin, which was a cover of the Sinead O'Connor song, I'm pretty sure, I think it was. And he has production credit on Fire from Kids See Ghosts, which uh, I did not know. But yeah, so why, why, why is why the hiatus? That's the question. There's, I feel like there's a bit of silence around Andre, where we don't really know why, we don't really know what happened, we don't really understand. He went super in depth in this interview with Rick Rubin, and I'll reference that throughout the podcast but i'll speak first on why he's not making music at the moment and why he just hasn't felt like making music for a long time he says to rick rubin i haven't been making much music my focus is not there my confidence is not there i tinker a lot i haven't been motivated to do a serious project i'd like to it's just not coming in my own self i'm trying to figure out where do i sit i don't even know what i am maybe i'm nothing maybe my history is handicapping in a way I'm trying to find out what makes me feel best right now. Then he then goes on to speak about the responsibility to find success, you know, the same kind of success he had with Outkast, to try and compete with what happened in that duo, and how whenever he drops something, it's nitpicked and has so much attention, laser focused on it, which is something we saw with Jay Electronica, like he actually said it on his album and Andre speaks also on the fact that he judges himself really harshly being so adept at something he suffers from perfectionism which is pretty you know pretty understandable but i love the comparison with big boy and i spoke last week about how those two mixtapes were big boy's reset button drop something entirely random and unconcerned with quality and untethered from outcasts just like mixtapes they don't need to go number one. They don't need to have a big single. They don't need anything. Just fucking drop a mix that you don't even have to be on them very much. Just put your put your cohorts on them. And in the Rick Rubin interview, Andre is constantly oh sorry, it, well Rick Rubin is telling Andre in the interview to create whatever he wants to stop worrying about public perception. And Big Boy did that with the Purple Tapes, and he freed himself. They didn't blow up. They took him out of his head and back into the energy system where it creates and Andre speaks so often in this interview about intellectualizing his process and it doesn't matter how intelligent you are you can't constantly make brilliant music with your mind you know we can all I think we can all probably agree it has to come from your soul the best music has to come like if you go to a concert like I've been to a lot of concerts if you go to a concert And I always say Radiohead is the best sounding concert I've ever been to. But they put no soul into that performance. It was clear that they put money, time, effort, energy into the production values. And it sounded incredible, man. But I've been to concerts where uh, I saw Cloud Nothings at uh, the Annandale Pub. And they put zero time and effort and energy into anything. They just walked up there with guitars and drums and screamed. But there was so much energy. So I spent $180 on a Radiohead ticket. And 12 bucks on a Cloud Nothings ticket, and Cloud Nothings just blew them out of the fucking water because they put their soul into that. And, you know, that's, I think that's Andre's problem. He keeps intellectualizing. And he speaks on, with regard to performing now, in the interview, he spoke on like learning to play the bass clarinet and how he said he just wants to play the most basic, rundown pubs and clubs or just go to the park. And if someone's singing, he'll play bass clarinet alongside them. And he kind of does that. You know, he goes to airports and plays the flute. So that's a little bit of a background mm. into the hiatus. Um, I don't know if you want to react to that. But, yeah, that, I found that interesting.
1: Um, yeah, I guess uh, it is a interesting, um, uh, an, an interesting, uh, I guess, wrinkle in a discussion that I think we've probably had before. Um, but for just for kicks, we'll just go with it. Um, you know, we 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 we're, we're always told, or just or nobody actually tells us. It's, just, it's just like you know, outright. But it's just you know um, assumed that if you're not, if you're a creative, okay, we'll just stick with that. If you're a creative and you're not doing anything, creative. Then you're basically like fading in life, you know. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's just like uh, y- you have, you can't, you have to do something, you know. What I mean, and I think most most people are g- uh, given that drive just to, just because of you know seeing other people, maybe comparing themselves to other people. Um, but I think Andre's response in terms of just how he um, how he sees things is very uh is very different in that he could he could easily be easy be that person to just throw shit on the wall and hope it sticks kind of thing you know what i mean i think i think we know a lot of though a lot of those artists that just throw everything out and you know you just have to just fish through it <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it's up to it's up to the listener to just fish through the crap Find some gems if there are any, and hope the cream rises to the top. But I feel for Andre instead, it's just you have like you you know you can do this stuff. Like he he has the catalog. We've seen it. We've talked about it at length. You know, today as we as we record, well today for me anyway, is the anniversary of uh supercat. Kind of, <laughs> mm. I need to say supercat kind of fractalistic. <laughs> <laughs> Cadillac music right um, it's just, it. we know we we know what he can do and it's the reason why people put him his top, uh, as top uh, as you know in, in their top five constantly consistently regardless of the fact that he hasn't dropped anything of you know genuine note maybe you can say that uh, obviously features and you could say that you know them two songs uh, that he put on SoundCloud a couple of years yeah, ago the EP, um, yeah. and one of them was like 18 minutes or some shit yeah you know it's, it's, there, it's something, it's something, but, um, the, the fact that that's his response to, you know, not, fu- not, uh, to not do work, uh, I don't want to say not do work, but not, um, to, to, to not, to basically not, you know, uh, release music, I guess, we'll, we'll just keep it simple like that, um, is, is very interesting, um, and, uh, it's good that he has at least uh, found a um, an outlet, you know. And when you're talking about, obviously, going to airports and shopping malls or wherever, and you know, just playing, just playing uh, an instrument, and uh, you know, occasionally taking pictures with someone who actually notices this fucking Andre three thousand. Imagine that, right? You're going, you're just, you're just going through your, you know, you're just, you're just going to the local mall or shopping center, whatever you call it, um, and you just see a fucking like, <laughs> you see Andre three thousand. <laughs> just play the clarinet or the fucking flute. You're like, what? <laughs> <a wild laughs> I don't know day. what to do with myself. I'll be just like, um, uh, it? I'll, I'll be spending five minutes just trying to figure out if it actually is Andrew 3000. And then once I actually notice, I'll just like shit myself and probably walk. I'll walk um, away. but, um, <laughs> be too scared. you know, I guess it's, um, you know, not, not <laughs> yeah, just, hi, hi. Don't don't disturb you, but, um, you know, you're Andrew fucking 3000. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, you know this whole this whole thing. Because um, you, obviously at some point you can to get into the Rick Rubin interview, which uh, you you sent me uh, behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. He Ben sent me um kind of a running commentary of uh, him of him watching the interview, and um, you know he relates to it in a lot of ways, and uh, I think there's some things that people can relate to in this in in the passages that he gives, um, but. Yeah, I guess this. I guess this whole thing, in the past de- decade and a half, is very bittersweet, um, and you know, it's it's a, it's a battle that only he can sort out. You know, um, it's kind of like it's kind of like the yips. You know, mm. yeah, you know, it's a sports terminology for you. It's, yeah, it's kind I of like the, the yips. yips. I I, th- I see it as the yips. Yeah, it's, it, I, think, I, think of, I think of it as yips. So, for those who don't know sports terminology, yips is like this, you know, it's like a mental block, basically, or writer's block, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, it's very similar. So, in sports, there are some, you know, uh, players and, uh, you know, people that um, I've seen, like, a, there's, like, a legendary darts player that couldn't throw, like, properly, and he kept, like, you know, fucking up, and uh, the most recent one is, like, in basketball, Markel Fultz had the yips, and basically, it's a mental block where, like, your technique of doing your sport just, you know, f- fucking goes out the window, and you have no idea why. And that's called the yips. It's just like this, you know, I guess, uh, ethereal thing that is in your brain, and you can't quite get rid of it. Um, a baseball player called it um, the creature. It's like, you know, it's just a creature that harbors all your doubts and um, and your, uh, you know, anxieties about, you know, what you're doing. Um, And I think that's kind of, I think that's what Andre has, you know, in, in a, not to simplify it, but (laughs) but in like the simplest terms, I think it's like the yips where like, you know, you know, you can do it, you have done it before, but you just don't, you just can't get out of your own head, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's complete hypothesizing. um, But that's kind of where I um, see this on the face.
0: I think you're... on. That's a great analogy. I actually... I have great experience with the yips. So I used to be... I don't know if people in America know cricket. Um, and I was a leg spinner. Leg spin bowler. And I was great. Like genuinely, I was really fucking good. I was in... I don't in... even know what leg spin is and I'm in England. <laughs> Bro, how do you not know that? I always wonder this. Like you, you don't seem to know much about cricket.
1: My dad used to watch cricket. Um, and... I, I just you know I know the basics, but I've, I've I've just never been into it to be honest. I've just that's just being being real. I, I've I've only only recently understood economy like bowling economy, but that was only because of other sports. <laughs> so yeah, it's um yeah. So that's that's, that's fair. Just, we just, like just a note. My knowledge like of cricket like. is not that great, but yeah. Carry on. <laughs> we like what we like, but
0: yeah. Anyway, so I was I was a leg spin bowler, and I was in all the youth teams. I was in the state side. I was uh you know being groomed for pretty higher honors and there was this one game that we played I was 17 16 I remember it like it was yesterday and we were at this field and I always had leg spin bowling is very difficult to do like uh it's very difficult to do accurately and well and consistently because it's a hard thing to do and I was good at it very good at it and one day I lost it I just was bowling full tosses I was getting smashed I I could not for the life of me work out how to bowl leg spin that day and that was the start of a season that whole season I just I could barely bowl I bowled like one over three overs in a game like it was just terrible I I had this block I could not fucking bowl and the the the, the wild thing was my first ball was always the best ball. Like I would always bowl. My first ball would be the exact same as the way I used to bowl. Incredible delivery. And then after that, I just couldn't do it. And that was 15, 14 years ago. That's fascinating. And, you know, I, I played cricket my whole throughout my whole 20s. I had to become a batsman because I couldn't bowl anymore. And I would go to training and I would bowl that one ball. And then I'd just leave the nets. So I'd bowl the one ball and everyone like I'd usually get the best batsman and then club out or bowl some ridiculous delivery that would turn a mile. And everyone'd be like, holy shit, how'd you do that? And then just walk away because everyone knew I could only do it once. Could never do it again. And I spent all this time practicing trying to get it back and I just couldn't. And I think that's exactly right with Andre. But the thing with Andre is the dude can still rap. Like, he can still rap so fucking well. I think the thing is... Yeah. With regards to creating a solo project, solo songs... Because his guest spots have been insane. But when you come into a guest spot, all you have to do is drop 16 bars. Or in Andre's case, like, 72 bars or something like that. You know, like... The concept's already there. The beat's already there. The flow from the other rapper is already there. You know, there's so... Like, being a great guest artist is a gift... But it's it's a lot different to creating solo material, and I'll speak about his guest spots because I feel like Andre became a top five rapper after Outcast with his guest spot output. I just think that in Outcast, he and Big Boy were kind of neck and neck. You know, like Andre was Andre never excelled himself. Like he 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 was an unbelievable rapper. Don't get me wrong but there were a lot of unbelievable rappers. I feel like he was top 20, top 15, but then afterwards he would just drop these guest verses out of nowhere. It it began with Millionaire by Khalees in 2004, and on that Andre perfected this style of rapping that he told Rick Rubin he began crafting in the dungeon where he would spit rhymes for Rico Wade when he was younger and he thought the rhymes were great and Rico would just walk away and not even react. So one day Andre was smoking some weed and he hopped in the studio and just started rapping in his normal speaking voice. And Rico said to him, that is it, that's it. And I think that this is the unique quality that Andre has, especially post Outcast, When he was completely free of any shackles, he didn't need to, he didn't need, he wasn't producing the beat. He wasn't doing any, like he could just rap, you know, he could just spit. And if you listen to him rapping on a guest spot, it sounds like he's talking to you and yet it's still melodic, it still flows, it, I've never heard anyone do anything like this before, it's It's really uncanny, on Millionaire, or like Pink Matter, it's genuinely like he's having a conversation with you, yet it matches the beat so well, and it's so stark, and it's just, it's like he's an artisan of rap, that's why I feel like after Outcast, it's just like he focused on one aspect of hip-hop, which was just the rapping, and he just nailed it, and he, think of his guest spots, man, like I do, Sorry, 30-something Remix, Pink Matter, Ben's Friends, International Players Anthem, which people say is the greatest guest verse of all time, which I'm not mad at, Uh, The Real Her, 16. He just scorches the earth on every one of those drops. And I think, Charlie, you're 100% right about the yips, but I just think, yeah, I don't think he can release a solo project where he has to create it himself. It just feels like he's in his head too much.
1: Yeah, um, it's uh, that that cricket um, story was kind of fascinating, to be honest. Sam. But um, that's just a, that's just a side note. But yeah, I guess it's it's I think it actually links to uh, what I talked about last week, because it pertains to what we're talking about music wise, and it was just um, <clears throat> like these the, a lot of artists these days are trying to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I feel like Andre's gone completely 1A and has become a master of one. And that's all we're going to get. <laughs> like, he may be... We don't even know, like, that maybe his production is just, like, like the greatest thing ever. No, like, we don't even know that, you know, um, past, obviously, um, our cast work. But, you know, it's, it's been a long time between those, those kind of things. So maybe it's gone better. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it's, he's... He's focused on becoming a, the master of just, you know, just doing the bars and just writing and just, you know, uh, verse construction. You know <laughs> I it's, mean? It's super technical and it's just, like you said, it just, you know, run rings around whatever you know, B he's trying, he's hopping on. Um And I think you're also right in terms of the fact that, you know, everything else has you know, as feature as pertains to being on a, a feature, it's like, you don't have to, you know, focus on the concept of the album. You don't have to focus on, you know, the concept of the song specifically. You know, obviously, you're probably asked to, but um, you know, you're given a brief and you're like, okay, <laughs> and then you just, and then you just get your pen out. Like it's, it sounds, it sounds very simple, um, but again, it's just something about this that we, I don't think we can even conceptualize. Um, like, you can, you can wrap all these feature verses, but, like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's uh maybe it's, you know, just add another wrinkle, maybe it's, like, a matter of, um, maybe he doesn't know what he, he wants to do, you know, uh, if, if that makes any sense, like, I think most people, I think, it, for me personally, my ethos, you know, in terms of creating things, if I don't like it, then why am I doing it? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe it's that. Maybe it's like Andre doesn't know what Andre wants Andre to do. If, I, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like, like does he? Can, can he take himself out of himself? And he goes like, "What do I want Andre Three Thousand to be um, as a solo artist?" Um, and I maybe maybe he hasn't got the answer to that yet. Maybe that's maybe that's the reason. Um, or maybe it's a little bit further than that. Maybe he does know what he wants, but he doesn't know what the audience wants. Maybe it's that. I highly doubt it's that one. Probably the prior. But I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here, cause um, yeah. So it's, it's it's this whole thing is just super fascinating, and uh, you know he can talk about it as much as he likes, but it's just like it's just going to be one of those ultimate questions <laughs> that we just constantly ask ourselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, his mental health, we'll get into his mental health because I think that probably plays heavily into this situation that has has arisen and it's come up in his content a lot where before the Rick Rubin interview, you know, a lot of people knew he was suffering from depression and, and, and issues but they didn't really see between the lines on his music but Since OutKast, his content has shifted a lot and storytelling has become pretty much paramount in his music, but there's usually more than one message that's hidden within it. So, for example, in 30-something, he begins with, I was a young lad of 17. My life had yet to show its ugly face. Only a pretty facade. Hey, God, it's me. And then he sets about totally dismantling any notion that he is an icon or someone to look up to or someone to follow. He raps, rap is really getting paid in full so full that the kids don't go to school in the hopes of becoming one of us the only requirement is you bust now college is looking slim product is hooking them before their brains fully developed they get enveloped enveloped sorry by the vision teller and it just gets darker from there on pink matter pink <laughs> bro pink matter pink matter fucking kills me man Pink matter kills me I'm very per- I'm very personal on this podcast. So, I'll explain that there have been relationships past and present where it's ended because of my mental health. Like, I'm not a well human and it's not easy to date someone who's not well. On Pink Matter, he raps, I ain't myself at all. Had to tell myself, nah, she better with some fella with a regular job. I didn't want to get her involved. And it's just like, he's just like, I'm different. I'm not I'm not normal, I, I, you know, you can't really be with me, I'm not capable of having an adult relationship, and he just gets really deep into that. Um, on the ends, with Travis, he raps, to them I'm a big dick, a check, and some laughter, I guess it's all survival, but please be careful, I gave up on the Bible a long time ago, and I was listening, it was really funny that I was listening to 50 Cent on Drink Champs just yesterday for about the hundredth time, and he said he was recording this song with Prodigy, rest in peace Prodigy, Um, called pearly gates and prodigy had some very anti-christian bars and when mace heard them he was really offended 50 cent is fucking smart man you got to listen to this guy he's a fucking genius but he said to to mace he said prodigy has been through so much with his sickle cell anemia, sorry anemia anemia, anemia that he 50 cent thought it made perfect sense because where is god in that and that darkness infects andre's rhymes it's just, it lives deep within him, and he reveals it to Rick Rubin. Uh, the, the, the interview's crazy. So I'll get into the interview because um, this is kind of the meat of the whole thing. But Rick Rubin speaks really eloquently and passionately in a section of the interview about how the universe bestows upon us energies and situations, and we basically just have to react. Okay, so we're just inert, and we allow the universe and the energies to carry us. He first is speaking on the dungeon, and how Andre had no control over that situation, yet it shaped his entire life, which is a good thing. Then, Rick speaks on how bad things can happen too, and how we must react in a similar way. Rick, uh, Rick says that his imagery was amazing. He says, Treat it like a movie. When something bad happens and it engages you, you're excited to see what the next scene is, to see how you're going to get out of it. And as I said to Charlie, when I watched the interview, it was, it was fucking amazing. If you haven't seen it and you suffer from mental health and you really like Andre, go fucking check it out, man. Rick Rubin is fucking smart. When I first watched it, I'm like, okay, Rick Rubin is just one of these like self-help gurus. like He's just going to bludgeon on. And Andre was not reacting positively to what rick was saying you could tell he was just not comfortable like i understand it like when you're unwell and you're telling people how unwell you are and they're coming with all this self-help bullshit you're just like man shut the fuck up like it doesn't work like that you can't just be inert. you can't just look at life like a movie so andre says you dip down low and sometimes you get stuck especially if you got you're used to going a certain way I think that's when you have to lay yourself down and let it be. But that's really hard for me. Rick Rubin immediately identifies this and just pivots and changes completely his, his his style of speaking. And he understands exactly what is going on with Andre. It's unbelievable. And then Andre starts speaking about his social anxiety. And when the, the way he speaks on anxiety, he's exactly on point. Like, so fucking on point. He says... Being isolated is really dangerous for someone who is prone to anxiety because the brain loves to find problems. And the brain does. Like I, I wrote here that my brain is like a fucking truffle pig, man. It will sniff out a minute scent of a problem and turn it into an entire field of problems in a few seconds. And Andre said, There have been times where I prayed, take this away from me, all of this, if I could just feel normal. And he's talking about not just. His mental health issues, he's talking about everything, the success. Because Rick Rubin went into this whole bag about how you expect that success is going to fill you and, make you and take the depression away. It's going to be like a pill that you take and everything will be okay. But you're successful and it doesn't go away. You still feel the same. And Andre is like the tortured artist who can't find a way out of his predicament. He records music, but he has so much self-doubt that he can't even release it. He fears performing and he just fears so many things and feels low. And as I said earlier, like there's this just then, the, the section where Rick says you can take the depression away with just success, but you can't. Andre agrees and he says it never does. And I felt this energy from both of them. It's like the worst part about being successful and depressed is it's a double blow because if everything's going right, and you still feel so wrong, what next? If you've achieved what you set out to achieve and you still feel like absolute garbage, what do you do? And I've felt this before too. It's like so many psychologists have said to me, what do you want most in the world right now? And I reply, all of the things I could possibly want, they're in my capacity, I have enough money, I have enough time, I have young, like I can do those things, but none of them will take the feeling away and it's very dark, and Andre just, uh, these aren't, this is not, I mean, these are my words, but this is Andre's sentiment in this interview. It was just so powerful, and that's why, man, that's why he's been the way he, that's why he hasn't dropped music. It's it's written in the interview, and he is so, uh, Rick Rubin is a great interviewer, unbelievable. I, I did not expect that from him, and um, Andre reveals it all in that interview, and he's going through some real shit, some real dark shit. And uh, the scary thing to me was when I spoke about them performing those concerts last week on the podcast and how Andre didn't really want to do them, but he did them for the money. This is a man with severe social anxiety disorder. How badly does he need the money that he's performing fucking 60 shows that he does not want to do in stadiums? Like, that's concerning to me. Like, I'm a little bit concerned about Andre's welfare, but... I mean, I don't know. It's just a crazy journey. It's a crazy journey. Uh,
1: Okay, so I I really just... Uh, so, sometimes when you talk, I have to like... I t- I take myself out of it and it's like I'm listening live to the podcast, so to speak, even though I'm going to be editing it and, you know, this to it again in a couple of days. And I was just like... I want this. I want this podcast end right now. Just play the music right now. That's all I was thinking about. Cause that was a bit. Um, two things I got out of that. Um, the first one, uh, complete complete derailment. Um, and just to lighten the mood, uh, I recently uh, saw Scissor uh, do that. She did a live stream and she was like with this. Um, I don't know what you call them, but this just this woman with like crystals and shit, and they were doing that that bowl thing. And you like, ooh, the bowls. And I was just like, oh, that is not my speed. <laughs> that is that is not my speed. What is that? Do What is that? Why? Why? But anyway, because <laughs> when you talk about Rick Ruby, would be like the self-help dude. That's exactly yeah, what yeah. my mind went to. I was just like, yeah. scissor, talking about crystals and doing that bullshit. I was just like, no. <laughs> Click. Sorry. Um, anyway. Um, and the other one, uh, in a more somber note, Um. I was kind of. It kind of reminds me of a uh, Kurt Cobain a bit, in a, in a, in a, in some in some case, because like, I mean, I'm not Nirvana like, you know, head or anything. I don't I don't know why. Uh, I don't know anything past his name, uh, past uh, uh Cobain's name, and, <laughs> and smells like Teen Spirit. To be honest, so it's not. It's, don't ask me for any Nirvana uh, trivia, but um, you know, I feel like. I feel like this could e- this could eas- we could easily be doing a retrospective on someone who's dead. Like, just being straight up with it. It, it. From how you word it, and from how concerned you are as a person that has personally had the same mental battles, it sounds like something that we could easily, like I said, we could easily be talking about a person who's dead right now. Um, and, you know, the way you ended it with, you'll like, see the, the World Tour they did the 60 shows and that and you know just all that weight behind that it really it's really sobering and I personally can't relate personally can't um yeah I I personally can't put myself in that in those particular set of boots um but yeah the way you put the way you put it up is um very solid to be honest um so applause to you because um i'm just a little bit speechless off that to be honest um there's not much that i could possibly say that would improve on that (laughs) um but you know like i said i i it, it sounds like something that could easily just be worse um so the fact that he's you know, not to not to sound like he has been thinking about it. I'm not putting words in his mouth, you know. I don't we I don't know if he's ever thought about it or not, but you know, the fact that he's still here and he's, you know, in the circumstances, still producing something, you know, now and again. And you know, that's not he's not a machine. Just to say, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not, you know, pressing the Andre drop something button, you know, it's, it's nothing like that. But it's good that he's still F- still trying to find an outlet let's just say that it's, he's still searching and you know in the broader scope of things and um you know i had this conversation with a friend recently it was her birthday today shout out to caroline and um you know i said she she was basically telling me about uh briefly about her year and how hectic hectic it's been and you know i was, I was just saying you know when you zoom out and uh, you know you know totally zoom out and not just look at your year, but also you know your past couple of years or five years or ten years. You know, things start to look a bit more positive. You know, you, you've you've learned stuff since you've learned stuff in that time. You've gained skills in that time. You've you know found new people, gotten rid of bad people in the, in those times. You know, so I guess it kind of reminds me in that um, in terms of just zooming out and. I think that'll be something that is worth doing, um, for most people, not to be a self not to turn this into a self-help podcast, because I'm not the person for that, um, but, you know, the fact, on, on the point of Andrew, the fact that, you know, he's still searching is a good sign, I'd say, um, and, you know, like, I think we've said this before, you know, but if he drops, he drops, if he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, there's no, it's no skin or fire nose. And uh I feel like there's enough people in the hip hop sphere that will happily uh you know, shout to the shout to the mountain tops with a big ass horn and go Andre has dropped. Hear ye, hear ye, Andre has dropped. So um, you know, I guess we can rely on those people, which is good. So uh, you know. Shout out to Andre. Um for whatever he's doing and whatever he's searching for hope he finds it but um yeah i kind of like i said i kind of wanted just play the music and be over with after after what you said but there you go
0: no nah, well said well said. i agree i agree i think you're right i didn't want to make it sound too macabre like you know he's gonna kill himself <laughs> like we're not talking i'm not saying that i don't know <laughs> but like the, the interview was pretty in- the interview's intense so um, if you watch yeah. it, you'll get the yeah. same vibes I got. Uh, but yeah, no, well said, well said, well ended, I think.
1: Okay. All right. We shall leave it on there and uh, go to another note, which uh, you have already aforementioned. So the floor is yours. I have a
0: ladder note. Um,
1: it might end up being a mini rant, but uh, bear with me.
0: So just as we finished recording last Monday, a friend DM'd me on my personal Twitter. Shout out to that person. Uh, I'm not sure if you're still listening, but man, you've always been a really good friend to me on Twitter, so I really appreciate that. He alerted me to an account with 11,000 followers who posted up pictures of me laughing at my appearance, saying that I looked homeless, that my dreads were disgusting, that I have no business speaking on hip hop. Uh, They misquoted me on To Pimp a Butterfly. I don't think they misquoted me. I think they just made up a quote, like they just lied and uh, made it very clear that I should not be allowed to enjoy an album like that because I'm white, I'm not black. And spoke to another friend on Twitter, someone who has actually a really big following, and a separate account on the same day had gone at both of us together, posting pictures up of us and making fun of our race and the fact that we like TPAP. So once again, this account also made up a quote that doesn't exist and used that quote as a basis to attack us. So. I wasn't going to do anything because this happens all the time. It's happened intermittently for the past however many years I've been doing this. And I don't have much energy or time to devote to some salty account who creates a lie and then uses that lie as a basis for people to attack you. And, you know, the people who DM'd me about this particular attack were upset that these people were upset at me being white and speaking on hip-hop. I've spoken about this so many times on this podcast, like... I am not the culture. I am not of the culture. I am not in the culture. I am an observer, and uh, I love the culture. I enjoy it. I learn so much from it. If you're going to be upset that I am white and speaking on hip hop, that's fine. Honestly, th- that might sound like a cop out for me, but I, I un- like I don't understand it because I'm white and male, so I don't ha- I have so much privilege. I'm not oppressed. Maybe if I could, I'm not gonna draw comparisons, but the only place I am a little bit different is mental health, so I get very upset when someone like Logic tries to do a song about mental health and then just walks it back like in horrible bars, so I can definitely understand why people would not want me speaking on hip-hop. It's not gonna stop me from doing it because I honestly think I approach it with love and care and grace and understanding, And anytime i don't my followers i mean i have a lot of followers now if i fuck up they're gonna let me know pretty quickly so but this was not that this situation was not that i've gotten that before and i've said to people i understand that's fair disengage with the account and you know we'll we'll part on maybe not so happy terms but this was bullying this was genuine bullying plain and simple and i was bullied heaps in school and there's this lie about bullies, that if you confront them, they stop. That is not fucking true whatsoever. I don't believe that. You have options with bullies. You can confront them, but it depends on the situation. Now, I wasn't going to originally go at these accounts, but when they went at my friend, who is quite, you know, he's he's younger, a lot younger, I was just like, nah, fuck you guys. So I'll talk about bullies. Unless, unless a bully is a genuine psychopath, a bully needs external validation in order to be motivated to bully you. If you remove that validation, you just remove their motivation and they stop bullying you because there's no point. So you can f- confront a bully in two ways. You can outsmart them, which means flipping the script on them so that the people they sought validation from are now on your side. This can You could be more witty than them and make the audience laugh with you Uh, you could present a clear and concise argument that the rational people in that audience will gravitate more towards. This is what I did with one of the accounts. I just said, firstly, I never said this. Secondly, what is your point? Because you say white people can still like T-Pab. Please explain why you decided to personally attack me for enjoying a classic hip-hop album. It's super simple. The person just responded with the word cry and then blocked me across all platforms. And that was it, they stopped posting about me. They didn't post again, they didn't reply to any more comments, done. The other account, um, I just responded to their accusations. I, I assured them I was not homeless, that I wash my dreads three times a week so they usually smell like coconut, and that I love T-Pab, and if they'd actually like to find out why, instead of making up liars, they're welcome to listen to our podcast episode on it. They stopped replying, they stopped tweeting about me, they stopped everything, it just ended immediately because you removed their validation how do you fight someone like that you end up looking crazy and bitter when you start just attacking people who are just not fighting back now i was bullied at it i went to a gifted school so we had to set an exam to get in so i was bullied by smart kids (laughs) like i it was very hard to outwit them because they were very intelligent i was not successful at it in school the other way to fight a bully you can, you can go toe-to-toe with them. And I have experience in this. I did it with Academics. Academics stole my stuff and put his own watermark. Academics is a bully. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Just because he's a little powder puff, sits on uh, whatever show he's on, that garbage show that took its name from a great song, and just talks shit about hip-hop that he has no idea what he's talking about. doesn't mean that he's not a bully. He has however many fo- million followers, and he steals people's shit. He stole my shit, put his own watermark on it. So I went at him in the comments on Instagram and Twitter, and my followers rallied and flooded his socials until he took all the posts down and he blocked me. But I mean, this is hard to do it this way. It's very hard, you need power and influence. And in the schoolyard, this is very key. If you get, like the schoolyard is an example of just getting bullied in the real world. Because you get bullied online, to me, cyberbullying is is scary and it's bad, it's, it's more scary getting bullied in real life, I think. I've experienced both. I feel like online, uh, in real life is a bit scary because bullies are more brave in real life if they're going at you. But in the schoolyard, it's not enough to just break a bully's nose. You have to make sure that the bully is aware that you could break their nose every time they step out of line. That is key. The bully has to be scared of you. So I punched a bully really hard once, and I may have broken his nose, but we were one-on-one. And when he's when he had his friends with him, I got beat the fuck up. Of course, I did. So like I, I had no power. I couldn't, I couldn't take them on. Um, you could ignore a bully as well. Uh, eventually, they start looking really crazy if you just ignore a bully and they just keep going at you and you never react, but the problem is, you have to have a lot of patience for that, and you can't fuck up, you can't make a mistake, because if you give them any fodder, so for example, with hip-hop numbers, like, they're gonna get fodder every day, because I'm a white person talking about hip-hop, so they're always gonna have material to, to, to go at me over, so I can't, I do ignore most bullies on, online, because I, I don't need to engage with them, I have enough followers now, there's no point, but, um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna ignore them, it, it can take time, but you've got to think really hard about how you're gonna confront a bully. I'm, I I wanted to turn this into a bit of a self help on bullying because I'm 31. Uh, that you know I've spoken to a lot of people about these kind of things. Uh, younger people because my followers are mainly younger, and they're very disturbed by what goes on online. They're very upset at the the hatred and the vitriol. That firstly I'm exposed to, and that they're exposed to because they get it in the comments every day. You know, like if they put up opinion an opinion that people don't like, they get dragged. Especially stands like these were these were Drake stands, so they were upset that I tweeted out the Tootsie, tootsie Slide or whatever that fucking horrific song is was tanking on TikTok, which it was at the time. It was tanking on TikTok, so they got really really mad, and they decided to take me down. You know, so I yeah. Normally, I would say just disengage with it. Don't fucking bother with it. But sometimes it's egregious. And if it's affecting other people and you're capable of going at them, you know, I was not good at it in school and after school. I was bullied until I was like 22. Um, And I was bad at it. I got bullied across platforms, basically. It's like the real-life version of across platforms. At school, at cricket, at work, at AFL. It's fucking everywhere, man. And... I was just, I was a a great target, and I was not good at defending it, now I'm great at it, and so I just, I think, I just really hate bullies, if if you're a bully, you're just a weak and really sad individual, and I don't feel sorry for you, I just wish you'd grow the fuck up, like the rest of us have grown up, so I wasn't going to address it, but I thought, you know, fuck it, man, I got a platform, I might as well talk on it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the accounts, by the way, um, I think that's a bit lame. Uh, that kind of stoops to their level. I'm not going to do that. But yeah. Anyway, that's my, my those, those are my thoughts on the matter.
1: Um, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go backwards. So yeah, on the bullying note, I think I will say, in my opinion, um, it, even even though the use that you speak of that you know that are upset about you know seeing this kind of vitriol or whatever um most of the people that are doing that vitriol are their age or just a little bit older so you know it's not exactly uh it's not like, it's not eight year old people doing it you know what i mean it's it's not it's just be real bad it's not it's not eight year olds isn't octogenarians ain't eight I ain't hopping on Twitter like uh, shitting on uh, uh, Ben because he posted up a slide slider a tweet. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not them. Um, so yeah, that's that's just um, I don't know a random thought I had. But um, you know, overall, I, I, I agree with you, obviously, in um, the most cases. Um, i my experience with bullies is not exactly that um, uh, I guess focused. Um, you know, I had, I had dickheads in school, you know, and there's always, there's always dickheads in school, but, um, most of the time, um, I just straight up avoided them, you know what I mean? And just like, just, just contacted with them in the minimum, in the most minimal amount, like the most minimal amount. Um, it was funny, there was a, there was a kid, he didn't bully me, so to speak, but he was just irritating, um, and everyone knew it everyone knew it was fucking irritating little shit, but, like, he hit, he, uh, we, we linked up, well, no, we didn't link up, we bumped into each other one time, one night, and it was just, and he was like, uh, you don't like me, do you? I was like, well, it took you a while, but, yeah, I I just don't rate you, bro, it's just, just being factual, like, it's it's like, yeah, and? (laughs) Wasn't that slapped across my face since year seven, but, uh, since we were 12, but okay, took you, took you till uh, 18, but fine, um, but yeah, even even in that case, I saw him got fucking decked by uh, by a dude, by a total geek. Uh, the first year of school, that was mad funny. Um, uh, I watched him get kneed in the face in uh, uh, like a, couple, a few years ago. That was very that thud. It 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 rings in my head, and it's it's like it's like violins to me. That you know, just that just that bassy oomph that you hear with like a fucking bone on bone contact. It's, oh, it's glorious. Um, but anyway, that's just me. Uh, you can you can see I'm a writer, right? In terms of how I just like <laughs> yeah. remember Great. shit in such detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, this it's just fucking this Albanian dude just knees him in the face. It's so funny. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, bro, it was like watching it was like watching a nature documentary. You know, in like you see like lions fight for alpha male dominance, and then the fight finishes all of a sudden, and then they're just walking about. It's yeah, like it was yeah. like that. It was like it was just like a, a flashpoint. Boom! Knee in the face, and then like they, act, none of them acted like they, they just acted like nothing didn't happen. Nothing happened. It was just it's. Oh, a classic. Nature is best, man. I had David O'Briy right in my head watching that. I was like, we see two humanoids fighting. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. But anyway, um, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, I feel like on the T Pad front, um, I uh, look. I'm for people that know me, um, they know that you know I'm very pro-black most things um well pretty much all things to be honest and you know i'm constantly learning about how to um present myself in that case um i'm not i'm not chuck d you know i'm not i'm not here to be militaristic or any of that um that's not really my my speed but i do like to think about it often Um, As it pertains to this, and, you know, I have very conservative forces as it pertains to hip-hop, and, you know, I'm very protective over that kind of stuff. Um, I've said that before. Um, I have a podcast with you, so that's kind of like, you know, confirmation enough that I fuck with Ben, but it it, it doesn't really need to be said in this case. Um, But, you know, for conversation's sake, um, you know, I know that what Ben says is of, you know, of note. And, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a monolith. Me saying that doesn't mean I'm speaking for everybody. Um, no, and Ben no, knows no. that as well. No. But, um, you know, I say that with confidence. And, you know, it's, 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 it's something I never really had a problem, you know, any problem with. Um, I know there are there are sets of fan bases that I just plain don't like, um, for the low key reason that they're just majority white, and it just confuses me sometimes. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but yeah, you know, that's nothing. It's nothing really. It's not. It's a, I think it's a matter of track record. Like, if you just, if you, if you just have the track records of just like you know. Of uh, not being an idiot, then you know where's the, where's the beef? There's nothing there, um. So yeah, so there's, there's there's not much really needed to be said on that front. But I feel like um, I might as I well say, science. But um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty cool on that, and uh, I don't really have a like note apart from what I've really said uh, during the episode. Um. So yeah, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there. This has been digging digits. I have been Chaya Taylor of the Fifth Element.
0: I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers.
1: We shall see you next time. Don't know what we're doing next time, but we shall see you until then. (laughs) We shall see you next time. Uh, Have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We shall always try and do the same, as always. Stay safe. And all of that, all of that, all of that, bye until the next time. Take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, Peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Van Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is peaks, and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Cheer Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fulfillment, Hip Hop by Numbers, bonus points, and your breakers will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth and Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.